Hey guys, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. I want to welcome you guys to the show today and apologize I didn't do a show yesterday. I was actually recouping yesterday. I was quite tired and just didn't have time for a show. Um, some other stuff came along and I just did that rather than doing a show yesterday, so I apologize. But I am back today looking forward to uh, giving you guys a wonderful podcast today. Um, today I think we're going to think we're going to talk about um, growing up heathen children. We're going to start that a little bit and go along that route and see where that takes us and see how you guys feel about that. So we're going to go ahead and start today. I'm going to read something from the Havimal. And let's see where should we We'll just pick a page here. We're going to read 105. In a wily disguise, I worked my will. Little is lacking to the wise. For the soul stirred now, sweet mead of song is brought to men. Men's earthly abode, pardon me. So, we look at that in a wily disguise, I worked my will. Little is lacking to the wise. For the soul stir now, sweet mead is song, is brought to men's earthly abode. It sounds like we have to keep an eye on what's going on around us. Um, people like to disguise themselves all the time and pretend different things. So we have to continually be on our guard for that. We have to watch and make sure that we are not beguiled by the mead of the world and lose our wits about us through that mead, specifically in everything that happens in life. Um, to men's abodes come that quite frequently because we continue to be drunk off the mead of life and not realize what's going on around us. Those are some really good, strong words today. I really like them. So I want to thank Odin for those great words. Um, today we'll do our morning prayer. Gods and goddesses, Aesir and Vanir, thank you for the blessings you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and to be by my side. I ask you to help me to face the decrees of the Norns with courage, honor, and frith. And I ask you to help me do the best that I can for my faith, my ancestors, my family, my kindred, this day and every day and always. Grant me wisdom, honor, strength, and frith to continue to bring honor to you and to my ancestors. Hail the gods. Today is Mon Monday, so today we will be focusing on Mani in our um, things that we do. We focus on the moon and how the moon affects the earth and how Mani um, is the driver of that moon and brings us different things, everything from the tide to the months of the year to how crops grow and everything else. So we want to definitely focus on Mani today and maybe leave a gift or something or sacrifice to Mani and go from there. When I come back, we'll talk about growing kids up in Asatru and growing kids up in heathenry and go from there. So I look forward to talking to you. And I'll be back in a few seconds. Grab yourself a mug, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some meat, grab yourself some coffee, grab yourself some ale or beer. Sit down, relax, and let's talk a little bit, guys. I'll be right back. Thank you.
Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse, and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night, and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings. Like and subscribe to the channel and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash Midgard Musings and youtube.com slash Midgard Musings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for listening today. So we're going to talk a little bit about bringing kids up in heathenry and asatru and talk about how heathenry and asatru affects um, our children and what we need to do as heathen parents to help them along. So what I'd like to talk about first of all is definitely the idea that our kids need to see us practicing it as much as we need to practice it. So the first part about bringing kids up in heathenry is just the idea that we practice it. And we practice basically what we preach. Not just go and attend bloats and then come home and be something different. Definitely go ahead and practice heathenry on a daily basis. Like they should see us reading the Havamal. They should see us doing our prayers to the gods. They should see us doing our meditation or even hear it. We should play the music with them around and read the prosetta and cast the runes and even look at our runes and do whatever else. Let them see that we gain delight in what we do, that we gain delight from this path that we're on, and that they can too. That's this first aspect of growing a child of heathen. One of the biggest things that we face as parents in modern heathenry is that we have to send our children to school. And if you're like me in the schools that I have, uh, the schools are very Christianized, um, very much so to the point that they actually hold meetings at churches and events with churches and kids. So it's really hard for my children to understand heathenry sometimes. But in the same token, you also have schools like I've come from where they just outright don't allow any religious anything whatsoever. So my children learning about, you know, the midsummer night now would go back to science class and say they understand it because this is the longest day of the year, shortest night of the year. This is the turning point of this and that other thing. 
if the teacher asked them where they got it from, they said from Asatru or heathenry, it would automatically be a problem because now they're bringing religion into it, even though religion does celebrate those types of things. And they're very scientific as well. But so you have those two different spectrums. So that's one of the major things that we see. So going back to the first part is, you know, letting our children see us practicing heathenry. When they see us practicing the heathenry at home and with others, they then go to school and are able to say, yeah, you know, I see that at home, so it's not too much of a big deal for me not to be able to practice heathenry here because I understand it's a different place. But I do practice at home, and I practice with my parents and our friends. So that goes hand in hand with that. The next thing that I'd like to talk about with growing children up in heathenry is the stories. I mean, a lot of their friends tell, you know, their stories about, like, um, Noah's Ark. You know, they, they, they know about Noah's Ark, you know, where two by two they shall go under the boat and the floods came and killed everyone but Noah and his family and whatever else. But if we say something like, you know, Thor killed the frost giants and kept them from invading our world, you know, to them that's just a story. That's not real. But Noah taking two of each animal into a giant boat and the whole world becoming deluge is real. So you have to sit your kids down and make them understand that what religion is, that religion is one person's belief system of how things are over another person's belief system of how things are. And again, it's not that there's anything wrong with those people that believe that the world was flooded and Noah took two of each animal in a boat. That's great. But for you and I, that's just a story. Just like for them, Thor not defending us to them, or Thor defending us to them is a story, but to us it's real. So we have to help our children understand the differences those those things are. <clears throat> the other thing we have to do is make sure we allow our children to make their own decisions. Now this is a tough one most of the time, but I come from a place where my parents never specifically told me what I had to or didn't have to be. Now, as a young child, I did attend church with them, and I attended church with them whenever they went to it, um, because I was young. I couldn't just stay home alone. But once I became the age of like 10, 11, and 12, where I was able to start making a few of my own little decisions, I decided I want to go to their church anymore than I wanted to go to a different church that had a bus that my friends went to that, you know, would give out candy and cakes and, you know, food during the day and things like that. So... It was more appealing to me as a kid to go to that church. So I did that, you know. So we have to let, kid, let kids make their own decisions. What I learned is that, you know, it was far away. It took a lot of time away from my family, and I didn't like it after a while because I wasn't able to hang out with my family. I'd miss the fun of hanging out with my brother and sister or whatever else after the church. I'd miss the, you know, the people that were there after a while. And I learned what I wanted to do. And I made my own decision based on my own choices, just like I do as an adult. So we have to let our children make their own decisions as well sometimes. And that may include them deciding that, hey, my friend invited me along to church. Can I please go? You know, we need to be abundantly clear when we get there that we are not church people. But in the same token, we have to respect their house. You know, in their house, they do what they want to do. And in our house, we do what we want to do. So when we visit them, we just visit them, let our kids get their idea of what it is, and 
if they want to continue going there, they do so. If not, then they don't. But I like my I like letting my kids make their own decisions based on what they would like to do. I give them their choices and let them decide it. So it's it's not always good to decide everything for them. Now I'm not saying that younger kids you can let do that, but definitely your older children. You know, like I said, my my guy is nine years old right now. And he's taken up an interest in this local church. So we allow him to attend the local church as often as, as we can. And if it's in the, the time frame, we'll attend with him, of course, because we don't want to just give our kid off to somebody else. Um, but, yeah, we attend with him. And, you know, the church knows that we're heathens. The church knows that we're Satru, definitely. And I, I know their, their job is to try and change us. But in the same token, they've come to respect us because they've not been able to change us. They've come to respect that this is the way that we decide to worship, and we don't mind our children worshiping with them or our child worshiping with them, and we would not infringe upon their idea of worship, just like I don't expect them to infringe upon ours. And it's built a really good relationship between us, which I quite like. So that's a definite part. And if you know your children are seeing you practicing heathenry at home, and you're doing all you can, and they're attending this, they'll still practice heathenry at home with you, because my son still practices heathenry at home with us here. He still likes doing runes. He still likes listening to the stories of the gods. And he still likes wearing his hammer. He just wants to attend church with his friends. And at this point, it's more of a social thing for him anyway than it is a religious thing. You know, he's just starting his social life at nine years old. So that's what we have to look at. So with that said... You know, these are three good, valid points for our children and how they see us. When I come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how we see them and how we affect what they do and how we should be affecting what they do. Um, I'll break here for a moment, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I want to thank you guys for listening today and talk about um, children in the modern heathen world. And I'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satru Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satru Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal. The reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith. They gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, 
But I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Satru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back, and thanks for uh, listening to those promos. Um, those people definitely help my show run. And they're good friends who produce really good stuff. So if you get a chance, check them out. Um, so what we're talking about is kids. And let's talk about how we actually can help them along and, and what they're doing. So we talked a little bit about letting them see us practicing. We talked a little bit about letting them make their own decision. We talked a little bit about, you know, sending them to school and the downfalls of that, but, you know, understand that if they see us at home, this is okay. So how do we include them in what we do and how we actually practice Satri and Heathenry? What I personally do is um, each and every morning when we do our prayers, I ask them to either do a piece of the prayer. Like, I, I'll either do the prayer or the older boy will do the prayer, the younger boy will do the prayer. Um, and then we switch off different positions. Like, one of us will read from the Have Mall or the Prosetta or the Poetic Edda. One of us will tell a story about um, the gods. Or one of us will do something like um, the specific day that, that is for that god. We'll do something for that specific god that day. So, like, eventually it's Mani. So... We talk a little bit about money and how um, the moon rides around and the wolf catching the moon during the eclipse and the battle. So we include them in the stories and let them tell the stories sometimes. Let them listen to the stories sometimes. Let them tell the stories the way they want to. When we do home blows, we always include them in a piece. Like I usually have my older boy be the dragon and have him cleanse the area and prepare it for its hallowing and doing the actual ritual. I'll have the younger boy blow the horn to let everyone know that we are starting our ritual. Um, and then throughout the ritual, there'll be different pieces that like they'll pass the, the horn around or they'll light the candles or do something of that nature just to make them included and have them feel a part of that actual ritual. Um, I have yet to let them write a ritual, but um, that's my next piece, for, especially for the older one. I'd like to see him write a ritual that we would then perform at the house for a specific um, occasion. The other thing is we've given them hammers to wear and discuss the importance of the hammer and how it affects you as a person and what you represent when you're wearing it. If it's in the open, if it's under your garments, or what, you know, where you want to wear your hammer, how you represent your hammer, and what you should be doing while you're wearing the hammer. And in those things, we include them in heathenry. There are a few other things in major bloat days, like we need to make sure we include them. Like, again, I let my younger son blow the horn to let everyone know on the main day that we're actually having a bloke. The bloke is beginning. That's his job just because we want to include them. 
her Valkyrie for our kindred is a young girl, and she's 12, and she knows the importance of taking the horn from one person to another, bringing it back, refilling it with meat, and continuing on. She knows her important role. She knows how she's supposed to do her role. She knows that in the oaths and boasts portion, when she walks around with the horn, that she also walks around with the triton and the oath ring. So it's important to include them in pieces and give them some responsibility for making the ritual happen. In doing that, we make them feel, I don't want to say important, but we make them feel a necessary part of that ritual. Like without them, that ritual would not be able to be what it is. So in that way, we end up helping them to flourish as heathens, helping them to flourish as a satrar. Um, the other things we do is we let them read their books that they want to, if they're interested in it. Now, the Magnus Chase series is great for teenagers. Um, I know the guy did uh, four books on Norse mythology, he did some on Greek mythology, but they're not accurate, not specifically accurate, but they definitely tweak the interest of the teenager or the young teenager and tween in heathenry or satru and gives them a taste of the gods and what type of people they are. Um, Neil Gaiman has a great book. Um, and then, of course, the the old standby is the um, Children of Odin by Padre Colum. It's really old, but and those are stories that are really cool to listen to and really cool to hear. I listen to them on LibriVox. So somebody else reads them to me sometimes with the kids. And I read them sometimes to the kids, which is even nicer coming from my words. But either way, we let them feel that they're part of either the story, the ritual, or the home ritual. Even unto meditation, I'm going to tell you, is something you want to do with them. Even if you do a form of family meditation where you just sit there and you think about stuff and you ask them afterwards what they got out of it and how they felt when you know, the music was playing, their eyes were closed, and they were thinking about a specific God and see what they say. I mean, really get them involved in being heathen. Once it becomes real to you, then it's real forever. Um, even Christianity, though, to Christians, you know, until they get that answer they're seeking from where they don't know where it came from, it is not real until it happens. Then it's all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I'm going to become a holy roller. Not that there's anything wrong with a holy roller, just saying. So with that said, we have to definitely understand where our children come from in the idea of how do we turn them into good heathens. One of the biggest things we cannot do, and I want to stress this enough because I know adults that do this all the time, we cannot begin telling them that the way they do things is wrong unless it's outright wrong, okay? Case in point, like my son says, oh, well, I want to do a blow, but I want to fill the horn with water. I can't say to him, no, we still fill with cider, beer, or, or, or mead. But what I can say to him is, well, how important is water to you? Because if it's not important to you, you're not truly sacrificing anything. And that's what the horn is for. So if water is extremely important to you and something that it bothers you to give up and it takes you time to think about giving it up, then it's worthwhile putting the horn. Instead of telling him it's wrong, I've given him choices and the ability to make those choices based on 
what we're supposed to do, like how a sacrifice is supposed to work. So if it's the middle of summer and he's drinking a lot of water because he thinks, wow, water's important in the summer, he may want to sacrifice that. And who am I to tell him he cannot? That is his sacrifice to the gods from him as a child, and I have no right to tell him that that's wrong. None whatsoever. If that's what he feels, that's what he feels. So, with that said, think on those words a little bit, a bit and consider what I'm saying. If we tell them they're wrong a bunch of times, eventually they're not going to want to do it because then they feel like they're doing nothing right. If we give them choices rather than saying they're wrong, then they feel as if they made the choice and understand the outcome better. And in doing so, they become better heathens, deciding what they're going to do here and there rather than just impulsively doing it. And that's what we're looking for. The last part I'm going to tell you is don't be so gung-ho in making them read and learn. The trick to reading and learning is to make it fun. You know, when I used to exercise, and I didn't like exercising, I used to try to pick an exercise that I didn't feel like I was exercising, so I could do it. And that was racquetball. Because when I was playing racquetball, I was concentrating on that little ball so much that I was always running around that court, sweating my butt off, working my butt off to get that little racquetball to bounce off of that wall and only bounce once and bounce off of the ceiling or the walls, whatever else, that I was concentrating on that. I wasn't concentrating on the workout that I was doing, but I was having fun doing it. And that made it enjoyable, and that made me want to continue doing it. And while I continued doing it, I became healthier and healthier as I did so because I didn't know I was becoming healthier. It wasn't work. It was fun. It wasn't a workout. It was fun. And there's a point to working out, and there's a point to working, but there's also the idea that if we do what we like, we're going to continue doing it. So we shouldn't be on our kids about, oh, did you read your half all day? Oh, you forgot to read your half all day. What's wrong with you? Things like that. No. You say, why didn't you read it today? What, what took up your time? You know, and how, how do you feel that that would affect the gods and your ancestors that you didn't have time to do something for them today? And let them come to those decisions. I mean, if they say something like, oh, they'd understand because I had to mow the lawn and I had to do this and I had to do anything, you know, the same stuff. Well, let's talk about how that affects them. I mean, did they have to do those things? And then it brings up a little more consciousness of their ancestors. Well, yeah, you know, like uh, my, my great uncle, he was a farmer, and I'm sure he wished he could have been doing other stuff for fun, but had to finish these jobs. And it begins to build those ethics into them. And those work ethics and study ethics and everything else that we're looking for in our children. So that's that piece of that. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, I don't know, we'll just talk when we come back. So I'll be back in a few moments. I want to get myself some water. And I'll be right back, guys. Thanks. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. 
And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DD poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Baldur, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I'm back, and thanks for listening again. Thanks for coming back. So the last part I'd like to talk about is ownership in heathenry. And when I say ownership in heathenry, what I'm talking about is where it pertains to kids. Now, you all know that we have altars here at the house. We have the main altar in the front room. My wife has another altar in the front room that's just for Freya. In our bedroom, we have an altar. In our shed, we have an altar. And out in our yard, we have an altar. That's five of them. So we have no shortage of places to worship. However, with that said, those were built by me or my wife. We want to go ahead and foster in our children an idea of them being able to build their own altar. Their altar should be filled with their things that they want to put there for the gods. Um, whether that be a chalice or whatever, if they're out, you know, if they think of something, oh, Freya would like that, get it. Let them get it. Let them get it for Freya and put it on their altar, making their altar theirs. If we do everything that we talked about up to now, what that would mean is that that would give them their own sacred space, their own place where they can worship and feel part of a satru like we feel. They'd be able to go ahead into their sacred space and take the time to worship the way they want to worship, not necessarily the way we tell them they have to worship. In so doing, creating their own path. We want to make sure that we offer them the jewelry that we ourselves wear. You know, I wear a band, I wear a Viking weave around my wrist. I wear, um, I actually have five hammers that I sometimes wear, depending on what I'm doing. Um, but I have runes, beads, and some other stuff like that that remind me of heathenry throughout the day. We want to make sure that we allow our children to have those same things that remind them of their path each and every day, whether that be a Valkyrie, a shield maiden, or anything like that. For girls and boys, we want to make sure we supply them with things that mean something to them and remind them of their path that they're on or the path that they're hoping to be on someday. 
We want to encourage them to keep a journal of their meditation and their things that are going on within their path. Um, rune readings. Get them their own runes if they ask for them. Teach them how to read them if you can. Um, there's a great podcast I did on how I taught my boys the basics of runes and how they uh, they took to them. And they really enjoy their runes and rune casting. We let them make their own runes in little, small little pops of sticks. So they each have their own set of runes that they can go ahead and go back to and use. Um, and really enjoy their own runes and doing their own readings for each other or their friends. But if we didn't supply it for them, they wouldn't have it. Or if we didn't encourage them to make it for themselves, they wouldn't have it. And this is where it's so important that we understand that, you know, our heathenry isn't only for us, it's for them as well. And as much as we'd like to control their situations where we're teaching them how to be heathens, we can't always do that. We have to let them forge their own path, their own way through heathenry like we had to. Um, if we remember what it was like becoming heathens, we remember we had to learn a lot. We made a lot of mistakes and we listened to a lot of people we shouldn't have listened to. Um, we went down roads we should have never traveled on, um, different things like that. But each of those pieces make us the heathen that we are today or the asatur that we are today. Without those mistakes and without those wanderings, we wouldn't be where we are. So we have to understand that our children have to do the same thing and allow them to do that in their own time. Allow them to be wrong, allow them to be this, allow them to do that. In so doing, we allow them to learn. And by allow, I mean we don't step in and cause problems with it. So I know it sounds hard sometimes because you don't want your children to make the same mistake you do. But we could just give them advice like we look to our ancestors for it and remind them that we're there to ask that advice to as well as their ancestors because we are their ancestors. So if they can go ahead and talk with us or, you know, with our parents about this and learn from them and, and grow from that, they are seeking their ancestors like they're supposed to. It's not There's no shame in telling your parents that you don't understand something and you'd like to learn more about it because... I wish I would have known that at a younger age because there's so many things I would ask my parents about um, now that I'm an adult that I had to learn on my own that took me forever to learn and a lot of stumbling before I got there. So we would encourage them to do that and remind them that we are their ancestors and that there's nothing wrong with asking us for help. So that ownership that I'm talking about extends to quite a few different things. We don't tell them that their altar is incorrect. We allow them to put stuff on there. We help guide them through that and decide what they want in their altar and what they may not want in their altar. But we don't definitely tell them it's wrong or right. That's their altar to their deities that they are on a path with and they feel that they should be giving that or something of that nature. Just like we wouldn't expect them to tell us that we're wrong and what we're doing, we do the same with them. So the last thing I want to tell you about heathenry and children is just just love them. Remember that, like I just said before, we are their ancestors. How we treat them is how they're going to look for our ancestors to treat them. How we portray things is how they're going to look at their ancestors as portraying 
how we portray the gods is how they expect the gods to be. When we do our work properly and we do our path properly, we invoke the gods to bless us or to be with us. They can see that. If we anger the gods by not paying them attention, they can see then that's what they'll expect. So we have to do everything in love. How we deal with one another as well. I mean, how we treat other members of our kindred, our children see. Our children feed on those things and they learn from those things. And they look at us as, I said, their ancestors. So if they see us treating people badly, they'll believe that their ancestors treated people badly. If they see us treating people with love and kindness, they'll believe that their ancestors treated people with love and kindness because what else would you learn but loving kindness from someone who teaches and shows love and kindness? So we have to be on our toes all the time when teaching our children to be heathens. We have to be mindful in the modern heathen world about sending our children out to places like school and with their friends, the influences that they're going to have, just like any other parent does. The only difference is we can ask our ancestors to be with them, to help them make those good decisions. And if our children know their ancestors and know what they went through, they will make those good decisions because when the time comes, they will call upon them like they're supposed to. When the time comes to make a difficult decision, they will call upon the gods to know if they're doing it right, if they're doing what they're supposed to. They'll call upon the norms to read the the runes to tell them whether or not they're making a good decision, a bad decision, or an indifferent decision. And that's all we want for our children in Heathery. That's all we need for our children in Heathery. And what more could we ask for? So today, I want to hail the All-Father and the All-Mother for being my all-parent, if you will. I have great parents here, and I've had great ancestors. But the All-Father and the All-Mother look out for me continually, and I want to thank them for that. I want to thank all the gods and Asgod for being there for me and my family, for them showing the kindness of ever looking down upon us and smiling at us ever. I want to thank them for teaching me to be a better heathen, to teach my children to be a better heathen, to bring them honor. And I want to hail you for listening to me talk about this, for taking the time to even consider learning how to make your children better heathens. And not that they're not good heathens already, but just listen to some of my ideas, whatever else. So I hail you for that. And I want to tell you, if you have any comments, please go ahead and put them on here. Um, I'll be more than happy to take them. I'm actually going to be setting up an email. Um, as soon as I get it set up, I'll give you all the information. You guys will be able to email me. I also have a Facebook page called The Modern Heathen Man. You can go on there and place comments and stuff on there. Um, so, yeah, if you go there, I think it's an open just look at the page or group. Give me a second. Uh, the Modern Heathen Man is a page and you can go ahead and uh, paste on it if you'd like or you know write some things to me but it's there on Facebook I have a few followers so if you want to go ahead and do that you can and um, I'll listen to all the stuff you you put in there and yeah so I hope to see you on there soon and I appreciate you guys listening to me and I say hail to you and hail to the gods for you being here so have a great day and I will come to you tomorrow bye bye Thank you.